Hi, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Um, a few episodes back, we, we talked a bit about paint and you know how paint bites onto the wood surface in historic dwellings. So let's uh, let's take another uh, you know another side of this, another angle. And so uh, the episode will be called "Preparing Exterior Wood for a New Coat." Paint is just not an aesthetic detail. It is the first layer of protection for an old house dwelling. Left exposed, exterior wood siding and trim are much or no match for the ultraviolet light, water, microscopic organisms that attack them from all around. A well-maintained paint film can shield wood so that it will last virtually forever. However, each paint job is only temporary, and all exterior paint needs routine repainting. Without question, the most important and painstaking task of a job is the preparation. It is hard, tedious work, and there are no shortcuts worth taking. Unless the surface is sufficiently clean, dried, treated, and primed, all paint will not stick to it for very long. In fact, professionals say preparation is at least 80% of the paint job. We've highlighted the paint prep techniques that can be used here and extend the life of an old house and a paint job to help paint and protect wood. So let's highlight these. Let's assess any defects. The first task is to determine whether the house has any ongoing conditions that could compromise the new paint film. Generally, paint fails for one or two reasons. The building has a moisture problem or the surface under the paint is damaged. The house is the culprit when leaky roofing, missing gutter downspouts, or other maintenance or design shortcomings create the high moisture levels that can quickly ruin a new paint film. Peeling and cracking paint mean adhesion, adhesion problems. It only makes sense to correct building problems before moving on to prep work. Problems with the paint will be addressed by the preparation process. Another common old house paint problem is mildew. From afar, it can look like patches of dirt. Up close, it looks like little spots. Mildew will quickly regrow through a new paint job if, if it is not killed and washed off first. Test for mildew by putting a drop of household bleach on that area. If the spot lightens, it is mildew. If not, it is dirt. So you need to clean the house. Paint will not stick to a dirty surface. Wash the house. Repeat, paint will not stick to a dirty, dusty surface. Surface, so wash the house. Wash the exterior, exterior thoroughly before painting. If your mildew test was positive, kill the fungus with a bleach solution, one cup non-ammoniated detergent, one quart household bleach, and one gallon of water. When possible, correct the moist conditions that breed mildew, improve ground drainage, trim back shrubbery, and repair gutters or install drip caps. Also, select a mildew-resistant paint or add a mildew um, a mildicide, let's call it that, a mildicide. If you do not have a mildew problem, spray with a garden hose and rinse all the dirt away. Never use a power washer. 
So we want to we want to rinse all the dirt away just with a normal garden hose, normal pressure with your finger, and let's get get rid of dirt, some flaking paint, and insect cocoons, and most old houses need a scrubbing with soap and water. So don't feel, uh, but don't make the uh, the uh, the scrub brush too abrasive by any means. No brass or steel bristle bristles. So just uh, you know a typical brush you'd use on your kitchen floor. Wash grime with uh, trisodium phosphate or household detergent combined with hot water. Scrubbing with a stiff brush will clean away failing paint, dirt, and grease. It will also remove chalking, which is powdery pigment that is left on the surface when the paint binder starts to break down. Chalking is a normal process for some paints, but excessive chalking can be a sign of paint failure. Wash from the bottom of the house up, so residue does not streak down the siding. After scrubbing an area, rinse immediately before it has a chance to dry back into the siding. Mildew, mildew reassesses your, re, your repainting project all the time. Until the dirt is cleaned off, it can be hard to tell just how much work is required. When your house is not peeling, but the paint seems to have lost its luster. A good washing may be all it needs. Incidentally, if there is no paint failure, don't repaint an old house solely because you want a different color. Too many layers of paint can become too thick and, <clears throat> and brittle of a buildup, causing eventually cracks and peels. If you hate the color you inherited or want to design a historically accurate color scheme, wait until it's time to repaint anyway. So let's talk about what's going on beneath the surface. To prepare a sound and acceptable surface for a new coat of paint, failing paint must be removed. Scrape all peeling, bubbling, or cracking paint where the areas where the paint film is weak. Test for poor adhesion by putting a piece of medical tape on the surface and then ripping it off. If the tape pulls paint away, the bond is superior and the paint must be removed. Scrape or break away all loose or dried out putty and chalk. Also, sand scraped areas to feather edge the paint to do a degloss of shiny paint. There is no art to removing <coughs> failing paint and no single method that's best for every surface or that's also completely safe. Putty knives and hand scrapers are convenient and effective for spot work or heavily flaking paint. Although slow and manual, hand sanding offers the most control for smoothing or reducing paint layers. Careful handling to work with the grain to avoid scoring will make the power orbital sanders acceptable. Disc sanders invariably leave swirl marks. Chemical strippers are probably the most cost effective for removing paint buildup from complete or decorative surfaces. Heat tool, tools often produce their best results on flat surfaces. Remember, any technique that is strong enough to lift a coating is strong enough to affect building fabric or human flesh. Do not use heat tools near thin or easily ignited materials and never remove paint with an open flame. Chemical strippers require face and body protection, plenty of ventilation and safe disposal. Mechanical methods, which is scraping and sanding, can create lead-containing dust, making personal protection quite important. If the prep work 
involves removing lead-based paint where a properly fitted respiratory protection, such as a fine particulate filter mask. Stripping all the paint from a house is usually unnecessary and should be avoided because it can damage wood and remove still functioning film finish. If the film is peeling in some areas, but holding in others, scrape where it is weak. If major paint failure requires stripping an entire exterior, some restorers have one location unsanded to preserve paint layers for later historical analysis. Treat wood right. Wood that shows the effects of years of weathering, splitting, splintering, or even decomposing needs special care. Sand bare weathered wood to a bright surface. Then take an opportunity to treat all exposed wood, even new boards, with materials that will prolong its life. There are three types of underpaint wood treatments that can help protect the wood and improve your paint job and, and the way they offer different levels of protection. Wood conditioners are natural of, or of synthetic oil products that can enliven old, dried-out wood, much like a facial cream. The old-time, easy-to-make mixture uh, that I recommend for anywhere from is a 50-50 mix of boiled linseed oil and turpentine, which is mineral spirits. Brush the mixture on as long as the wood continues to drink it up and allow it to dry for 20 hours before priming. Some commercially available conditioners, such as crane oil sealer, reinforcing oil. These are mixed and can be available and are added into a primer and spread it on with the paint for as an extender. If standing water or high moisture is a concern, treat old wood with a water repellent. These wax-based products soak into the wood and add water repellency to the fibers. Keeping water out limits expansion and contraction of the boards with moisture changes and reduces the strains on the paint film. Treat all surfaces of replacement wood pieces before insulation to prevent wicking of water from behind lap joints. The repellents also protect when the next coat of paint fails, keeping water out until the film is restored again. Like conditioners, these treatments can be store-bought or handmade. Our favorite water, uh, water repellent recipe was developed by the Forest Products Laboratory. Dissolve one ounce finely shaped paraffin wax into three ounces of exterior varnish. Add enough mineral spirits, paint thinner, or turpentine to make one gallon of repellent. Give butt joints and corners an extra heavy coat to protect the end grain from soaking up too much water. The decay-prone areas, there are more concern than moisture itself. Water repellent preservatives, uh, normally called WRPs, are water repellent products that contain fungicides to inhibit the microscopic orgasms that cause wood to rot, as well as the discoloring effects of mold and mildew. There are rec these are recommended in extremely wet climates and where dampness from shady areas or nearby vegetation has caused paint failure. They offer the best underpaint protection for the wood. When selecting an underpaint protection, read the manufacturer's label carefully to ensure that they are paintable treatments. Some similar products are specifically designed for wood that will not be painted, especially decks, and paint will not adhere to them at all.
Water repellents contain a large proportion of solvents that make them volatile and inflammable. The pesticides and fungicides of WRPs can be toxic. Use these products carefully outdoors and with plenty of ventilation to avoid inhaling or igniting their vapors. Wear protective gloves and wash immediately if they can, uh, if it comes in contact with your skin. So let's talk about some primary protection. Contrary to old lore, exterior primer is not designed for hiding the color of the previous coat. It is an integral part of the painting system. The top coat paints are made with more pigment and less skin-making binder than primers. Priming creates the protective film on the wood. It also creates a good surface for adhesion to the weaker top coat. Don't make a mistake by skipping the primer coat or by using a thin layer of top coat as a primer. As a rule, coat the entire exterior or at least all exposed wood with a quality primer within 48 hours of scraping. More time may allow the wood to, to weather, ruining the paintable surface you have created. However, it does take at least 48 hours for wood repellents to dry, much more in some weather conditions or when the heavy coats are applied. Make sure they have thoroughly dried before priming or that they may bleed through and discolor paint. Knots and stains in old wood can be bled through. In extreme cases, you can apply a sealer over problem areas. Sealers are commonly shellac-based films that literally create a seal over the areas where sap is likely to leach out. As always, wait until, re wait until residue from rinsing and weather have thoroughly dried. Never paint either primer or top coat in direct sunlight. The best old house primers are oil-based because they soak into the, the ornate and exceptional film and because they achieve well to old oil English uh, base coats. New oil-based paints offer a, a breathable uh, film that bonds with, well with latex top coats. Tackle, <clears throat> tackle one area at a time and get a coat of primer before moving to another section so that bare wood is not left exposed for too long. This is less important when professional painters are working on a project and moving quickly, but it is vital when one or two weeks go by that restorers may require, <clears throat> two, two weeks, restorers may require months to finish a project. A uniform, complete primer film will seal the exterior, provide a good, pace, good base for the top coat, and distribute the force of wood expansion and contraction with moisture and temperature to avoid stressing the top coat and causing failure. To ensure that your house has a complete film on it before the top coat goes on, fill in all seams and gaps with a liberal dose of caulk. Use only a, a caulk that is labeled paintable. Siliconized acrylic caulks are long lasting and extremely lightweight. A broad brush, brush approach. When it's time to paint, brush on a quality exterior paint as soon as the primer is dry, about 48 hours, or within two weeks of priming. Make sure dew, rain, and residue from washing have ex ex thoroughly dried. If you wait longer, the primer may no longer provide a good source for the top coat. The biggest decision is whether to 
used an oil-based or latex-based paint. Traditionally, oil-based paints have been viewed as the old house exterior paint of choice, offering better adhesion to old oil coats and the more a weather-resistance film. However, environmental restrictions are making solvent-based paints hard to find and changing their makeup totally. Meanwhile, manufacturing improvements are making latex paints better. Many professionals have tried latex paints over the last few years and are reporting good results. The advantages of latex paints are in its availability and in its case of application. You don't need chemical thinners for cleanup. Always select a paint system from a single manufacturer and check with sellers on compatibility of coats. Typically, oil-based paints may be applied with a low temperature is above, when the low temperature is above 40 degrees and latex paint require a 50 degree low. Be sure morning dew has dried and do not paint in the sun and stop a good, for a good two hours before sunset. The status of the wood will determine the number of coats needed. Two top coats will form a thicker and stronger paint film. But if significant coverage is already on the building, one may be sufficient. Consider applying a second coat in, on the south and west facing walls, where sunshine and rain are most concentrated. Under typical conditions, a paint job should only last 10 years. And after a project like this, we will all want the film to last, believe me. Um, so we have some... Uh, some questions here. We're gonna we're gonna posit the question out, and then we're gonna try to give an answer to a question from uh, some of our podcast listeners. Okay, so uh, we have dirt and caulking on our large farmhouse. Do we have to scrub each clabber by hand, or can we safely use a power washer? When scouring a large exterior, seems a daunting task. You can consider power washing. The pressurized water, often with TSP or mildew killer solution, will, give, will, will wash grime away and remove some failing paint. Do not bleach in pressure washers because it can quickly destroy rubber hoses and gaskets. The main problem with power washing is that it can push water into the wood under clabber and between uh, seams. That can lead to moisture buildup inside walls and onto exterior painting onto interior plaster walls and can cause poor adhesion of new paint. If you decide to pressure wash, give walls a good drying time before repainting and be extremely careful while spraying. It is not wise to spray up at the wall from the ground angle. Clabbers and shingles will not keep water out. Power wash from a ladder or scaffolding to get the best results. So power washing can also damage wood. High pressure wood can be almost a, as powerful as sandblasting. Be sure to select the low energy pressure to avoid splitting, checking, or texturizing your siding. When you rent a power washer, remember pressure, which is try under a thousand pounds per square inch, and what remains for starters, what remains with or what, what removes dirt and uh, failing paint. A three minute should do is, what's, is what washes away the mold and loosened debris. 
So machines that have adjustable nozzles are highly recommended. Hot water machines are more effective, especially if the grime and grease is already baked on, but they cost much, much more. Collect and properly dispose of runoff materials following local hazardous materials regulations. So that's uh, an answer to that question uh, about kind of power washing. Um, here's another question about dealing with weathered wood. The clabbers and trim uh, on, our, on our old house haven't seen a fresh coat of paint in decades. Much of the wood is bare, weathered, and gray. What should we do to prepare the wood for painting? A very good question. When wood is left without a protective film, ultraviolet rays and moisture set in motion a series of chemical changes that slowly wear away, leaching out its lignums and extractives. Some hardwoods, mostly notable cedar and redwood, can last a long time without a finish in, if the construction was designed for, <coughs> for weathering. But even, but even they are gradually deteriorating. The best protection for exterior wood is the weather-tight paint film. However, painting wood that has been exposed requires a bit of extra preparation. Damage to the collar structure on the otter, weathered surface makes a rough strata. Paint cannot adhere to it. Even new shingles and clabbers should be primed quickly about 48 hours after they're installed. Before painting, weathered wood must be sanded down to bright wood, depending on the age of the siding and other conditions. This can mean something quite a bit uh, disintegrating, which is the wood, sometimes a full one-eighth of an inch. So at this point, sometimes the surface of the wood is actually disintegrating in front of your eyes. And some restorers turn to the weathered surface to their advantage by using a semi-transparent stain instead of a, a paint. The same qualities that can make weathered wood difficult to paint can make an, an, an excellent surface to stain. The outer surface is extremely porous and will soak up the stain. This does not require major sanding. The translucent coatings offer a slight pigment that can hide defects and some uneven weathering, while still showing an unfinished sort of look. Staining does not, however, create a protective film and many coats of water repellent, which should be added to the piece in question. So uh, I think we got one more. This will be a long one. Diagnosing paint failure. So uh, a writer writes in, uh, we repainted our exterior two summers ago and the walls are peeling already. We used top of the line paint and did a careful prep. How can this be done? Uh, how can this be failing so soon into this new house of ours and uh, the relationship? Paint failure is a misnomer. It's almost never the paint that fails. When the paint film lets go prematurely, it is usually caused by one of three conditions. Moisture, poor preparation, or, fail, uh, or, or faulty application. Now here's how to identify the source of the paint failure. If, if paint is peeling between layers, with upper coats peeling, cracking or blistering, while lower layers stay put, your problem is probably with the recent paint job, depending on the severity of the failure. These troubles can generally be, be solved by scraping the failing coat and repainting. 
Insufficient weather, insufficient washings before painting can lead to poor paint adhesion. Dirt, grime, grease, and chalking do not allow new paint to bond to lower, lower coats. Use a 2SP, TSP or household detergent solution. If your, <clears throat> if your paint appears to be wrinkling in some areas, it could be a problem that happens when the paint is applied to the direct sunlight. Sun can cause the top of, of the paint to dry first, which with the bottom, <clears throat> when the bottom does dry, it shrinks and can cause wrinkles in the upper layer. Another intercoast problem is the incompatible paint films. Use primers and top coats from the same manufacturer and check with the seller to ensure proper bonding. If, if there are many layers of old paint, say, what is it, one, uh, one sixteenth, and that's about 15 coats, two peeling problems can result. Peeling and cracking, the, th the thick buildup can become impermeable to water. If moisture migrates through the walls from living areas, it cannot pass through the paint and it can create peeling. Also, old green paint gets brittle. So contraction of new paint as it dries and movement of the new flexible paint with temperatures change and can change and form the follow us. It can conform to the the um, the outline or the of the object in question is what I want to say. So let's talk about peeling down to the bare wood. So when paint is peeling down to the bare wood, chances are your problem is moisture related. These failures especially require more treatment before repainting. Water could be getting Water could be getting into walls from leaky roofs, problem gutters, damaged flashing, or insufficiently caulked seams in the wall. Leaking water means severe localized peeling, although these problems often occur in a number of places at once, and if left alone for too long, the wood will be rotting. So moisture can also attack your paint film from inside your living area. Modern lifestyles notably appliances and humidors, laundry machines and showers, put a lot of water vapor into old houses and in interiors. Good ventilation helps control extreme humidity in houses. Bathrooms, exhaust fans are essential, but the moisture will probably still migrate through the walls that do not contain the vapor, uh, vapor inhibitors. The moisture can push exterior paint especially old build-up oil-based paint, right off the wall. Installations can offer a vapor retarder that will help prevent migration and some specialized interior paints until the, in, <clears throat> until the inhibit moisture movement. Using a latex exterior paint also helps because it is more permeable than an oil-based paint. So peel, peeling can also occur in paint applied over damp wood. Common situations where this happens are when rainwater or rain, <clears throat> rain residue from washing are not given a chance to completely dry out of the painting. Paints won't adhere to damp wood. That's one takeaway. Scrubs and other vines that are allowed to grow to close the siding can also be peeling, especially in shady areas, because they, <clears throat> because they can binder driving from one force in one uh, 
piece of trim work to the other. Insufficient priming can also lead to peeling down to the bare wood. All bare wood and wood that is stripped must be given good, a good coat of primer before painting. Without proper priming, the top coat binder may be sucked into the porous wood, causing the pigment to chalk or flake off. Alligatoring. And this occurs when cracking and crazing is left to attract moisture. As water builds up into the cracks, you can assure that major peeling to bare wood will be happening. In all cases, the cause of paint failure must be identified and cured before repainting starts. So this is our second shot at uh, you know, diagnosing painting. Hopefully we answered that question for you. So then that was a long-winded answer. So Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing out on the diagnosing of paint failure. Thanks for listening.